today. Amen. Amen. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Everybody hear me okay? I'm, I'm testing out this new fancy thing Angel got for me. So make sure y'all can hear me. Get it, on my, get it up here a little bit. All right. Praise the Lord. It's good to see everybody here this, this morning. And uh, I tell you, we had a good time yesterday out there with the teenagers washing the cars. And just want to praise the Lord for what a wonderful time we had. If your car's dirty, it's your fault. You didn't show up. Amen. <laughs> if you did, you got a clean car. At least they might clean anyway. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. God, that we can come and be in your presence. Father, we thank you, Lord, that this is the day, Lord, that you have made. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come and to be here in your grace. And Father, we pray for those that are still traveling to come into the house of God, Lord, that you would minister to them, God, you would send the angels, Lord, that you would bring them into the house, Father. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and to minister to us right now. We invite our hearts and our minds to receive and to comprehend you right now. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for all the blessings in our lives. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that your presence is here. I ask you to hide your servant behind the cross. Let your anointing flow, Father. Lord, that we can receive what does save the Holy Spirit today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 How many of y'all remember, probably been about <clears throat> six months, eight months ago, I did something called Flip the Flow. Anybody remember that? We're going to say Flip the Flow this morning. We're going to preach first, and then we're going to do everything else backwards. Amen? Amen. So, preacher, why are you doing that? Just shake things up a little bit. That's all. You know, sometimes you can get into a, a, a rut or a routine, and you seem like, well, you know, we go to service, you know, they're going to sing this song, that song, two songs, and, you know, and you kind of go start going through the motions. And the Lord has been pregnant at my heart to do this for a while, and I just really felt impressed that today is the day to do that. And so uh, our nursery is, uh, is here, amen, praise the Lord. So we're going to get into God's Word this morning first. Turn your, your Bibles to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. Looking at the 24th verse. Matthew chapter 6, looking at the 24th verse. And as you get there, I want you to just repeat this with me this morning as you're turning your Bibles there. I don't think we're going to have the Scriptures on screen this morning. We've had such a busy week that um, we just did not get the Scriptures on screen. That's okay. you got your Bibles. Amen? Amen. But say this with me this morning. Faith believes. Faith speaks. Faith, speaks. Faith, acts. Faith acts. Today I will be renewed. Today I will be renewed. I'll be recreated. I'll be transformed. I believe the Bible. Hold your Bible up in the air this morning. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe it means what it says. And it says what it means. Amen. Amen. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 24. Now let's go to verse 33. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your reading of the word. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that we value your word this morning. 
And Father, we give you praise and we give you honor and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, say things, shall be added unto you. What shall be added to us? That's a question. What shall be added to us? Let's go back to the 24th verse and look at all the benefits that come with seeking God first. Verse 24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, or for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic to his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toll not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall not he much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or with all shall we be clothed, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. What an important statement that the Lord gave us that day. What an important commandment that the Lord gave us that day. A commandment that comes with benefits. How many of y'all like worrying about stuff? Well, y'all look at me all strange like. It ain't against the law to preach first. But is this unorthodox? Is it against the law? It might be against the Roman Catholic Church. I don't know, but it ain't against our law. Amen? Amen. Who says you've got to preach first? Who says you've got to sing first? Who says you've got to do all these things first? There's nowhere written in that Bible. Amen? Amen. So it's called flipping the flow. We're preaching first. Why are we doing this? Because we value God's Word. We value God's Word. Now God said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And His righteousness. And if we do that, then there's benefits added to us. Well, what are those benefits, preacher? Well, we just read right there, 20, verse 24 all the way down to 33. That we don't have to worry about clothing. We don't have to worry about food. We don't have to worry about shelter. We don't have to worry about being warm or being cold. We don't have to worry about all the life necessities because our Heavenly Father... He knows that we have need of all these things. Don't we, Sister Bonnie? He knows we have need. He knows we have need. 
You know, before you go to God in prayer and say, God, I need such and such dollars to pay my bill, you know God already knows about that. Come on. You know, before you go in the kitchen and you look in the cupboard and you look to see if there's anything to eat, God already knows if there's something there. Hello? God already knows if you have enough gas in your tank, come on, to make it to church or make it to work. God already knows everything that's about you. He already knows the tires on your collar are bald. Get those tires changed. Come on. He already knows that those tires are bald. He knows everything you need. Whatever it is you need in life, God already knows. And He tells us, Brother Frankie, if we will seek the kingdom of God first. Amen. Look at me, children. Hold your finger up. Seek the kingdom of God first. Seek the kingdom of God first. And if we do that and we put God first in our life, then all these things will be added to us. Now, how many of us believe that? Amen. Come on. Amen. How many of us believe that? Amen. That if we'll seek the kingdom of God first, He'll meet our needs. Right. Jesus said that. That word is written in red. I, I told the teenagers Thursday night that when you see the word written in red, that means Jesus died on the cross to say those words. And my Jesus is no liar. Come on, somebody. My Jesus don't even know how to lie. If Jesus speaks it, it is truth. And Jesus said if you'll seek the kingdom of God first, all these things you're worried about will be added to you. Amen. So my question to you this morning is how? What does it mean to seek the kingdom of God first? How do we even do that? How do we even do that? I was talking to the teenagers and I asked them the same question Thursday night and they began to tell me of all the things you don't need to be doing. Like putting other things above God. And I was so proud of one boy because this boy loves basketball. I mean, he's planning on being an NBA player and planning on going to college on a scholarship. I mean, this boy's all about basketball. And if you know him, you know he's all about basketball. And he spoke up and he said, and it just blessed my heart when he said it. He says, that means that we've got to love God and put God first above everything, including sports. I like to fell back when he said that. Because this is the kid that loves basketball. And I said, are you telling me that you need to love God more than you do that basketball? And he shook his head, yes. Amen. Amen. So even a teenager recognizes that you've got to put God first above sports. And yet there's so many people. I can't stand the fact that the Super Bowl is on Sunday. Amen. Because there's so many people that will miss going to church on Sunday because they got to go play a sport. And that's idol worship. Come on. There is people right now, as I'm speaking to you, they are outside. They should have brought their dirty car to us yesterday and we would have washed it for them. But they're outside right now washing their car. If you and I, got, we all got into the church van and drove around, we didn't got to leave the town of Bowden, brother. We didn't got to leave Bowden. We just ride around the streets of Bowden. We will probably find five people within ten minutes washing their cars right now. You realize that's idol worship? That's idol worship. That's what that is. 
But the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to us. So the question that I have for you, because the teams begin to tell me the things you don't need to be doing, so I'm asking you the question today is, what are the things we do need to be doing? Write this down. First of all, you need to pray. You need to pray. Seek ye first the kingdom of God by praying to God. Amen? By praying to the Father, praying to the Son, come on, and praying to the Holy Ghost. The first way you seek the kingdom of God is opening your mouth, hello, and start talking to Him. Come on. Start seeking God in prayer. We should be seeking God in prayer. Now, everybody just look at me and say, flip the flow's okay. Flip the flow's okay. All right, I just want to get your nerves settled down. But I know you got all nervous. You're trying to see if the police are going to show up and arrest the pastor because he, he, he's not singing first? No. There's no something, nothing to set in ground for that. So we seek the kingdom of God by praying. Praying to the Father. Amen. Praying to Him, seeking the Father. Amen? Nothing gives me more joy as a, as a dad or, or, or a, 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 a pawpaw, as the kids call me. Nothing gives me more joy than to have one of these children run up and want to give me a hug. I, I love it when my little Charlotte, she gets out of the car. She's the youngest one. All the older ones, you know, you kind of got to get them off their cell phones first before they see you and hear you. You know what I'm saying? But little Charlotte, she ain't got to that cell phone thing. You know what I'm saying? That, that devil that we talk about through the phone. Amen. She ain't got to that part yet. So as soon as my little Charlotte gets out of the car, Papa! Boy, she goes a running. And she just runs right to me. She just got to give me a big old hug and we just love on one another. How many of y'all like that kind of stuff? Come on. Amen. Amen. That, that the newborn baby you got, Tim and Melanie, it ain't going to be long. That newborn baby be running out of that car and Gigi and all that stuff and you'll be melting right there. Just melt. Baby, what you want? <laughs> Tim, give me the credit card. I'm going to the store right now. We're going to buy this baby whatever she wants. Come on. I hate to go shopping. I do. I despise it. But I learned if I don't go with Angel in that store, she will find herself in the toy section, baby section, and candy section. And you can't take this woman on a vacation, brother. We'll be up there in Gatlinburg. Well, we got to buy the well, grandbabies a present. Why? They ain't here. <laughs> buy me something. I'm here. We can't go back empty-handed. Nathan's got to have a present from the mountains. The boy ain't never seen the mountains. He don't need no present. Everywhere we go, I can take her to Piggly Wiggly and she'll start looking for something about her babies. Amen. At the grocery store. She does. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all just as bad as she is. I wonder how the Father feels, the Father God, when we cry out to Him, Abba Father. And we start talking to Jesus. We start talking to God the Father. And we start talking to God the Son. And we start talking to God the Holy Ghost. I imagine they're just like me. They just light up and they put their arms open wide for them babies and just scoop us up in their arms. Come on. And just love on us. That's called seeking first the kingdom of God. 
Now I told my teenagers Thursday night, I said, when you talk to God, don't go all King James on Him. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, thou most holiest God of Father, can you see little old thy down here? Don't go King James on God. Just, just talk to the Father like you talk to your neighbor. Come on. Look, look to your left and look to your right. However you would talk to that person, can you just talk to God like that? He's not impressed with your King James vocabulary. And he's not impressed with uh, the, all the preachers' Greek definitions. He ain't impressed with none of that stuff. Just talk to him. Have a conversation with him. So first of all, we seek God through prayer. Amen? We seek God through prayer. We seek the Son. John chapter 3, verse 16. Y'all know it. Say it with me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Talk to Jesus. Talk to Him. He's listening. He's always listening. I can remember the first time I knew I had a conversation with God. I was four years old. My parents had split up. They hadn't divorced yet, but it was, they were moving that way. We went to my grandmother's house, and it happened to be my daddy's mama's house that my mama <clears throat> took me to, because she knew my grandma was a praying woman. You know, you always want to find a praying woman when you're in trouble. So my mama took me to my grandma's house, and my mama looked at me, and she talked to my grandma. I don't know what all she said to her, but she looked at me, and she said, Son, go outside and pray. Go outside and pray and ask Jesus to bring your daddy home. You go back there and help her out. Go outside and pray and ask Jesus to bring your daddy home. Four years old, I go outside. How many of y'all realize that I didn't know any King James vocabularies at four years old? How many of y'all realize I didn't know there was a proper step to pray at four years old? Hello? Do y'all know that? You know all that? I didn't know there was a proper way to pray. I didn't know you were supposed to say in the name of Jesus. Nobody told me that. I'm four years old. Amen? Amen. How many of y'all went on to admit you still don't really know how to pray? Just talk to me. But at four years old, I began to pray, and it was the first time that I can remember ever feeling the Holy Ghost. I knew at four years old, I had an encounter with God. I didn't understand the Trinity. I didn't understand the Holy Ghost. I didn't understand any of that. But I knew I had an encounter with God at four years old. I felt the goosebumps rise up on the back of my neck. I felt the hair stand up. I felt the presence of the Holy Ghost. At four years old, I knew God showed up when I prayed. Amen. And that night, my daddy pulled in the driveway. Yes, he did. He didn't stay long. My parents still divorced, but I remember God answered my prayer. What I'm trying to tell you, just talk to Him. That's what simple definition of prayer is. Just talk to Him. He's listening. Talk to Him all the time. He's listening all the time. That's the first step in seeking the kingdom of God. Now let's talk about the second step. Amen? Let's talk about the second step. 
No, let's go back. Let me go back to something. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. We're not done with the first step yet. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, before exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So Paul said, forsake not the gathering of the church. One of the ways that we seek first the kingdom of God is forsake not the gathering of the church. That's what Paul is saying. God said in Exodus chapter 20, I believe it's verse 6, I know it's the fourth commandment. The fourth commandment says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember the day of rest and keep it holy. How many of y'all remember me preaching about the day of rest about mm, three, I don't know, three months ago, I guess it was. I don't remember. Not that long ago. But seek ye first the kingdom of God by keeping the Sabbath holy. Remember I talked about we don't work. God said don't work on the Sabbath day. Don't work on that day of rest. But give that day of rest. Amen. Does anybody know what happens to you when you when you disobey God and you try to work on, on that day of rest when you're supposed to be seeking God? Anybody know what happens? Well, Brother Tim, you cut your thumb wide open and you have to go to the hospital. That's what happens. Amen. Brother Tim knows I'm picking on him. I told him I would. I asked him, I said, Brother, can I have your permission to preach about you? <laughs> he said, go ahead. But ain't that the truth? That's what happens when we start to do things that are contrary to God's Word. The day of rest. I assure you, I know people that will pay you triple time if you work on Sunday, but guess what? The devil will come and steal it all away from you and you ain't going to benefit from it. Amen? So we got to seek the kingdom of God. you got to keep the Sabbath and keep it holy and seek the kingdom of God. It's the fourth commandment. You kids hold your fingers up for it. Fourth commandment. Keep the Sabbath holy. Keep the rest day. Keep Sunday holy. All right? Keep going to church. Seek God in church. Amen? Amen? Come on, I said amen. amen. See, we seek the kingdom of God by assembling ourselves in the church and praising Him and praying to Him. You know, the Bible tells us to lift up our holy hands. The Bible tells us to sing a new song to Zion. The Bible tells us to worship Him. That's us seeking Him. That's us seeking Him when we do that. Amen. God has given us six days in a week to work and to do our chores and to visit our families and our friends. But He requires us a summon of ourselves together and come into His sanctuary and worship Him. Not just any sanctuary either. Listen to me. Some of y'all ain't going to like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because I believe it's the truth. Not just any sanctuary. We have no right to tell God... Listen to me. We have no right to tell God, I'm going to go to that church and I'm going to listen to that preacher. Hello? We have no right to do that. Not if you are a child of God. If you are a child of God, you have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on. Did you die on the cross? Did you shed your blood? No. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus shed His blood. You have no right to tell Jesus where you're going to go to church. Amen? But He has every right to tell you. Come on. 
Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm going somewhere. We don't even have the right to choose our pastor. We don't. I, I was telling somebody just the other day, might have been, wasn't yesterday, must have been the day before, I guess. I was telling somebody that I had to serve a pastor for five years, a pastor that I didn't even like. Well, y'all be willing to do that. Oh, some of y'all don't like me already. <laughs> Amen. But just stay with me. If you don't like me, stay with me. I served a pastor for five years that I didn't like. And what I mean by that is I didn't like the way he governed the church. It wasn't that I didn't like him, the man. I didn't like the way he governed the church. Some of y'all say, well, I don't like how you govern you. It's all right. But I didn't do what he did. Amen. I remember one Sunday, brother, he got mad at the whole church. Ties were down. Giving was down. You know what he did? He put everybody's name on the door of the foyer. And every church member that walked in saw everybody's name. And there was a check mark by your name of whether you paid tithes or not. And the amount. Y'all see what I'm trying to tell you? Y'all think I'm hard. I'm, I'm a teddy bear. I'm a teddy bear. He did that. I remember another time, another time he wanted the whole church to go with him all the way to a I mean, six-hour drive to a revival. But Angel and I was doing youth camp back in them days, and we had a couple in the church that wanted to go with us. They had children. They wanted to go with us and work the camp. And it just happened to fall on the same time. And we were, I was obligated to be there. I was a youth director and did a youth camp for eight years, so I, I had to go. I couldn't go to revival. I was obligated. And so this couple went with us. Well, the problem is nobody in the church went to the revival six hours away. Nobody. You know what happened that Sunday? That Sunday he got behind the pulpit and he said, none of you in here are members of this church any longer. I'm telling you the gospel truth. You're talking about shock. You're talking about a look. He said, from this moment forward, you're going to have to earn the right to be a member of this church. I don't know if anybody ever joined that church again. I don't know. But even then, I said, God, let me go! God said, no. I had to remain faithful. I had to support, I had to support with my tithes. I had to support with my time. I had to be faithful. Oh, I'm going to skip church this Sunday. God said, no, you're not. You go down there and support that man. You go down there and support that church. It was five years before God said, now it's time to go. He opened another door in ministry for me and it was time for me to go. And when I left, I did not leave mad. I did not leave upset. Him and I, listen, him and I still have a good relationship. I didn't burn no bridges. He, under, he knew it was time for me to go and I knew it was time for me to go. And so the Lord released me. I look back now. <laughs> I look back now that I've been pastoring all these years and I say I learned more in that five years than I ever learned anywhere else. Angel says, yeah, you learn a whole lot of what not to do. Amen. I mean, y'all think it'd be a bad idea for me and Sister Sharon to put all y'all's giving out there on the foyer for everybody to see. Aaron says she ain't going to do it. <laughs> Amen. 
So what I'm trying to tell you is how come I just didn't quit and leave? Because I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. Jesus died on the cross and he shed his blood for my sins. I don't own myself. I'm owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the servant of the Almighty God. And I go where God tells me to go. And I say what God tells me to say. And I do what God tells me to do. I do not Now you say an amen and we flip the flow. You ain't got a right to do anything else. You ain't got a right to get mad and quit the church. You ain't got a right to get mad and say, well, I ain't going on Sunday. You ain't got a right to say, I'm just not going to pay my tithes this week because I ain't like what that preacher had to say. You ain't got the right if you're a child of God. Amen. Boy, it got hard that time, didn't it? Huh? Because you're not your own. You do not have a right to choose your pasture. Only God does. And when God gives you a pasture, you serve that pasture. Hello? You can beg God to let you go, but until God says go, you ain't going nowhere. Oh, but that's... Brother, I just feel the Lord leading me somewhere else. Lying in your flesh. You're just mad and upset. Oh, sister, I just believe the Lord wants me to go somewhere else and serve another place for a while. And the whole time you're just in a mess and you get a bigger mess. Anybody with you? Anybody ever been there? Come on. You're just getting a bigger mess. Before you know it, you're sitting in another church, listening to another preacher, and you're just as miserable as miserable can be because you know the Holy Ghost is saying you better go back home. Amen. Hello? Oh, I'm the only one that's ever done that. My Lord. Don't throw rocks at me this morning. I guess I'm the only sinner in the church. I'm the only one that's ever told God what to do. I'm the only one that ever told God what I'm going to do. I don't think so. Let's tell the truth this morning. We all guilty. Can I get an amen? amen. We all guilty. Mm. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 6. I'm not going to read it to you. I'm just going to tell you what it says. It says, after Jesus was resurrected, that he was seen by over 500 people. Men, Jesus would have told them all to go to Jerusalem. Listen to me. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he was seen by over 500 men. How many of y'all remember how many people Jesus fed on the mountain? 5,000 men. How many remember what the preacher said? The women were just right there. The kids were running around. There was probably 15,000 people there that day that God fed from their two fish and five loaves of bread. Hello? You die, you wives go on preaching the truth because you ain't going to let your husband go off by himself. Amen? Not long anyways. You'll miss him in a week. The Bible says 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Write that down so you can research it yourself. Verses 3 through 6. That Jesus, after his resurrection, was seen by over 500 men. So there's 500 wives, probably, and 2.5 kids, probably 15,000 people. Come on, or 1,500 people. Jesus would have told them all to go to Jerusalem and wait for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They were all Jewish men. Listen to this. 
They were all Jewish men. He was not talking to the Gentile people. He was talking to Jewish men. Let me explain to you a little bit of what Pentecost is. Some of y'all think, oh, that's just the Holy Ghost falling down. No. The day of Pentecost is a feast day. A day of feast that celebrated 50 days after Passover or Easter. 50 days after Passover or Easter. Matter of fact, the word Pentecost literally means 50. That's what it means. So all the Jewish men would have been commanded by the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. Go back and look it up in Leviticus. They would all been commanded, go to the temple of God and give your sacrifice. And this sacrifice, y'all going to love this part. This sacrifice was the beginning of the harvest sacrifice. It was the beginning of the harvest season. How many of y'all planted, planted some gardens this year? You got, you got some Jackson stuff coming up. You got little tomatoes coming up yet? The beginning, you got y'all praise God. I love it when corn starts coming out of the ground. I love seeing that little corn start coming up and sprouting. Amen. You see, when that's the beginning of the harvest season. So the men would have been commanded, the Jewish men would have been commanded, go present yourself before God and take an offering of the harvest you are about to receive. That day is called the day of Pentecost. The feast of Pentecost. So all, listen, Jesus said to over 500 men go to Jerusalem. They would have already been going to Jerusalem by the Jewish law. But not only did Jesus say go to Jerusalem, he says go wait for the promise of the Father. Go wait for the Comforter to come down. Hallelujah. But Acts chapter 2, brother, says on the day of Pentecost, when Pentecost had fully come, that the Holy Ghost came down in that upper room. A hundred and twenty souls were there. Men and women. The mother of Jesus was there. Mary was there. Men and women. Mary Magdalene was there. Come on, somebody. A hundred and twenty females and males. What happened to the five hundred men? They were in Jerusalem. They're there, but they were not in the upper room. This is why Paul says, forsake not the assembly. Listen, when you miss church, that's when you miss God. Amen. Come on. The 500 men did not receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost that day. But the 120 that were there waiting on God, that were in the assembly, that were praying and seeking the Father, they felt the power from on high come down. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, I'm telling you about Pentecost. Because next Sunday, next Sunday is the day of Pentecost 2021. It's next Sunday that we celebrate 2,000 years of the Holy Ghost in the church. Praise God. Now let me tell you the first church in the book of Acts, the only church that Paul the Apostle ever established, that Peter, James, Paul, all 12 apostles ever established were Pentecostal churches baptized in the Holy Ghost and laying on their hands and healing the sick and having a whole damn hallelujah in the Holy Ghost. They were all Pentecostal churches. So, 
If you've ever been a member of a Pentecostal church, you have no right to move your membership to a Baptist church. Any church that denies the Holy Ghost. And when you do, you are denying the Holy Ghost in your life. Oh, preacher, that's hard. It may be, but it's the gospel truth. Amen. Amen. It's the gospel truth. There's only one church in the book of Acts, and they're Pentecost. There's only one true church. Let me say it again so you hear me real good. There's only one true church, and that's the Pentecostal church that has a baptism of the Holy Ghost, the operation of the Holy Ghost in the church. That is the true church that Jesus Christ is coming after. Come on. So pray with me next week that the Holy Ghost will fall and baptize all these Baptist preachers. Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be wonderful that those Baptist preachers get behind the pulpit next week and the Holy Ghost falls in the Baptist church, amen, falls in the Methodist church. Come on, somebody. Falls in the Catholic church. And all of a sudden, the Baptist preacher, the Methodist, the Catholics, all those preachers start talking in tongues. They start waving their hands. They start praising God. They start dancing all over the church. What's going on? I've always preached against this. What's happening to me right now? I don't know why I'm talking in tongues in the minute. I've always thought it was done away with. It ain't done away with. Oh, it's just getting started. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm preaching a whole lot better than you shouting. I can tell you that. Uh. It's all right. You might not like that message, but that's okay. I said, that's okay. Because the day of Pentecost is coming. The day of Pentecost is coming. Number two, I'm going to get into this and then I'm going to close. Number two, the second way that you seek the kingdom of God. First you pray, you go to church. The second way you seek the kingdom of God is by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The second way you seek the kingdom of God is to value the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The second way you seek the kingdom of God is by reading, come on, the word of life. The word of life. We must learn to put value into hearing the Word of God. Now, preacher, why you turn everything around today? Because we need to put value into hearing the Word of God. So many people, and I love you, sincerely, I love you, Jane, but so many people, and I'm not talking about y'all, but y'all know what I'm talking about. So many people put more value in music. Hello? They put more value in music then they do the word of life. They put more value in hearing their favorite song than they do in hearing the gospel being preached. Listen, we want to seek the kingdom of God so that we don't have to worry about food, so we don't have to worry about clothing, so we don't have to worry about all these things that the, that the non-believers have to worry about. We are children of the Most High God. We have benefits. If we seek the kingdom of God first, He will add all those benefits to our life. 
And we do that by valuing the Word of God. By giving value to the Word of God. By listening to the Word of God. To the Word of God. I want to read, turn your Bibles to Job. Job, I'm going to read this one scripture. I'm going to skip down on my notes. I'm not going to be able to finish all of this today. But I want you to go to the book of Job. Let me find it here. Mm. J-O-B, Job. If you, don't, if you don't know what Job is, look for Job in your Bible. Amen. I always love messing with new folks on that one. First time folks read your Bible, I say, yeah, the Bible. Lord wants you to have a job, brother. They got a whole book about it. Amen. Amen. Woo, praise the Lord. Let me find it here in my notes. I know it's here somewhere. Mm. It says something so precious. Here it is. Job chapter 23, verse 12. You got a highlighter? Highlight this. Highlight it. Job chapter 23 in verse 12. It says, Neither have I gone back from thy commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. More than my necessary food. Look at what Job is saying. I esteem the word of God more than my stomach. I esteem the word of God. I value the hearing of the word of God. More than eating my next meal. I value the hearing and the reading and the preaching of the Word of God more than myself and my needs. More. More. How many of us are willing to push away the plate? Come on. Push away the plate to get closer to God. Push away the plate to hear from God. Amen? Have you ever been to a place that you just feel like, I, I just don't hear nothing God said? I don't feel His presence. I don't hear His words. I don't feel the goosebumps of the Holy Ghost. Has anybody ever been there? Come on, I can't be by myself. You've been there. Push away the plate. Listen to what I'm saying. Push away the plate. Push away all the things you need and value the Word of God. Value the Word of God. Value the Word of God. Next week we'll read a scripture about valuing the Word of God more than gold. But how many of you value the Word of God more than your bank account? More than your money. How many, how many Bibles have you bought, have you spent, how many Bibles have you went out and purchased just so you could get a better understanding of God's Word. Come on. How, how, how many vacations and time off work have you done to attend a revival to hear more of God's Word? You see, if it doesn't cost you anything, then it has no value to you. But when it costs you something, then it gives you value. Listen, the Word of God needs to be number one. We should seek first the kingdom of God above everything else to the point that we will spend every dime we have to learn more about God. 
that we will spend every dime we have to be in the presence of God and to receive more of God's Word. In other words, God's Word must be number one. Number one in my life must be God's Word if I'm going to seek Him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Hallelujah. But Tim can read the poem and sing for us in the morning. But before Brother Tim does, mm, mm -mm. Hallelujah. Before Brother Tim does, I wonder if there'd be one here today. Mm, thank you, Lord. It says, I need to make a life change. I wonder if there'd be one here today that say, I need to make a life change. I need to put God first. These altars are going to be open. As Tim comes to sing, come on, Brother Tim. Tim's doing my altar for me, my altar call. These altars are open. I wonder if there'd be one here that says, I need a life change. I need to put God first. I need to put God first. These altars are open. As Brother Tim begins to sing, won't you come and fill these altars and let's seek God. Let's seek God. Come on, Brother Tim, sing the song for us, brother. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. The praise team is getting ready to come, and as they do, I want you to.